Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pacciuto, and I'm very delighted to have my dear, dear friend, the one and only Taylor Ballantyne on with us for the third time. Taylor, how you doing, my love? I am doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Third time in a row. Third time is the charm. Um, Taylor and I have uh, been discussing what to do when you're a creative and you can't create. Um, I have been laid up with COVID for the last 11 days um, and Taylor broke her leg. And we had uh, discussed having a conversation about business of creativity and how one can become uh, sort of bogged down with the fact that you can't create if you can't leave your house. Um, and I think it is hysterical that you break your leg, I'm in COVID, and we can't do anything. It's not funny, but, it, you know, you got to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> <laughs> um there's the reality. It is a, is a, it's a tough reality. You know, the rent checks are due on the first of every month. And when you can't for oh, the first of every month, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, they, uh, they pull that direct deposit out no matter whether I say yes or no. <laughs> it's one of those, uh, fun little every things for auto pay at one point in my life. I know. The bane of my existence as a creative is autopay, but uh, I'm super curious how, uh, you know, you've been laid up for going on almost a month and a half now um, with a broken leg. Um, how have you been handling the adverse effects to your financial life um, with the fact that you can't create right now? Well, so here's what I'll say. I mean... So yeah, so this happened. I, I broke my ankle pretty bad. I dislocated it and spiral fractured this thing at the exact same time. The the woman who brought me in for a CT scan said, your break was so bad, you almost lost your foot. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, that was the first thing she told me when I went in for my CT scan. I mean, it was, it was nuts. And they had to like basically put my foot, they had to undislocate my foot before they stopped. Um, but the operation went well, everything went well. So I asked the guy when I got out of surgery and I just said, look, I said, I rely on my ability to move. I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, you're telling me I'm not going to be able to walk for two months. How the hell is this going to work? Yeah. You know, all the panic starts to ensue and you start thinking of all the things that you get to do while walking on two feet. Um, I'm like, how am I going to eat? How am I going to get my coffee? How am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know, how, how am I going to bathe? How am I going <laughs> to pee? I mean, it's like, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, but in my case, I got very, very, very lucky, uh, in the sense that I had an unbelievable support system. Friends came flooding in, stayed with me, helped put me back together. Um, but you know, so I'm thinking to myself, well, shit, you know, I can't be complaining. I've got it. I've got it better than most. Mm -hmm. I've, got, I've got help. I'm, I'm healing well. Um, you know, things are moving. But what the hell am I going to do to not make myself go nuts? Um, but again, this is one of those. We may have spoke about this on a podcast prior, but this whole accident, you, you know, I mean, not to play, you know, doctor awesome optimist here but <laughs> you have please to take, do you have to take these sorts of things in life as a way to it's a redirect any re, any rejection is redirection it's mm. there, 
there's there is a stopped force that's happening that's saying, nope, I want you to look at this from another perspective. And, you know, whether it's a I've had a broken collarbone when I had a shoot the next day and I had to learn how to shoot with my other arm, whether it's a broken ankle. Thank God it's my left and not my right. So at least I can drive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and hop around. Not well, might I add. Or scoot around. <laughs> yeah, I have to get. Well, I have a walker right now. A wheelchair thanks to my th- th- thanks to my bff nina man she came in in a clutch and she said hey let's get you a wheelchair so you don't miss out on anything <laughs> um but these all these types you know these things happen and you just you figure out a way to adapt you figure out a way to survive mm-hmm. um, financially yes it's a stress um and you just kind of you figure things out like i would in any other circumstance when I would do jobs and I wouldn't get paid for 90 days. You know, yeah. you mm-hmm. adjust, you have to figure it out. You, the hustler comes out, you, you find other ways. Luckily we are living in a world where, you know, everything is remote and there's a lot of online things. And I thought to myself, well, what are my other skill sets? You know, I, I can, I, you know, I can produce, but the whole, the biggest part of this thing for me specifically was I made the distinct choice um, about a year ago to go mainly to directing mm-hmm. where it was like I I had finished my first right before this happened. I had finished my first year in Nashville and I had I just started with a, um, a new business partner um, that I started directing continuously with uh, consistently with and all of his artists and all of that kind of happened and culminated right at the end of the year. And I was thinking to myself, gee, gosh, I've got to get consistent work. Like I, I, if I don't have consistent work, none of this is going to work. I had just met this guy. So we were just kind of getting to know one of each other and just doing a project or two. So it's kind of one of those things where you can't, you can't push too hard. You know, it's like you see the potential of a great relationship and the way it can all go and the consistency that can happen, but you don't want to push it too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of right at this brink where I'd like, I had built my network of production people. I've changed over everything for everybody to look at me at a, as a director. And now I'm like, okay, where's the work? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I didn't work. And then all of a sudden I break my ankle. Yeah. And to me, it was like I was trying to think of other ways to subsidize my income Mm -hmm. until the directing thing, you know, started to push forward. Well, when this happened, all I was able to do was direct. Mm -hmm. I couldn't shoot pictures, Mm -hmm. but I can share and I can direct and I can write treatments and I can produce and I can do all the pre and post production. I can't move around and... um, you know, lift gear and, you know, roll around on the ground with my camera, but I can direct, I can sit in a chair and I can direct that I can do. Yeah. And you can yell cut, cut, you can yell cut, 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 cut and print. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Cut and run. No, I think you you bring up a couple of really important points. So like for me, obviously I've, I've felt like complete shit for the last, you know, 10 plus days, but I am getting better, believe it or not. I know you can't tell with how I sound on this podcast, but I I am feel better, feeling better. Um, I think two things have happened to me over the last 10 days that have been both really good and also like very important in terms of like external growth. So the first one is like 
when you can't do anything, it gives you a really good opportunity to reassess, like you said, right? So there was a pause for, let's call it six or seven days when I was super sick that I couldn't really do anything. That gives you an opportunity to sort of internalize and think about what's going on and make conscious decisions about like, okay, when I'm better, like what do I want to do, right? So I've used this like last week or so as like a really big networking opportunity because I can't leave my apartment. So I've been emailing people like crazy looking for work for, you know, a week or so from now when I'm feeling better. Number two, you mentioned skill sets. What can I do now? Well, I used to do a lot of writing on the internet and I went out and got myself a blogging job where I'm going to go blog for this company for two to three times a week. And I basically get paid a weekly quote unquote salary um, where I'm going to be making a couple bucks doing something that I could do for my house that I can't leave my apartment. And it was like, oh, duh. I have now found another revenue stream for myself that is going to be able to subsidize my my additional work as a photographer. And one of the things that I think I got away from when I went full head into this creative career was like, I can do whatever I want with my time. I've got the ability to build out this roadmap of you know funnels from a financial perspective of where I can be earning my income. And I got away from that. I was like, I am strictly a photographer, but I'm not. I'm a writer. I'm a photographer. I'm a, for better or worse, I hate this fucking word. I'm an entrepreneur, right? I'm trying to make a life and a living for myself. And you, you need to just start like picking up ways that you can like earn a living when you can't leave your house. And, and that's sort of like where I'm, where I'm at. And I think it's, it's great that you like are able to do the same. Like you can't, go out and like take pictures, but you can sit in the director's chair and tell people like that sucked, do it again. <laughs> you know, I think there's, there's something to be said for, you know, as, as a creative and being your own boss, the blessing is you get to be your own boss. Mm -hmm. The curse is you have to be your own boss. Mm hmm. And you have to find ways to rely on the community you build and the skill sets that you develop in order to have discipline and stamina to keep propelling forward. And mm -hmm. you don't have anybody, you know, keeping you on task. You have to be the person that continuously does that for yourself. And it's not for everybody. That's why not everybody does it. Um, but you know, what I have found in this particular situation for myself, and I'm learning a whole new level of patience and pace mm. for me in this experience. Um, it's forcing me to slow down. Uh, it's actually forcing me to really think intentionally about every single tiny little move I make. Um, you know, when it takes you 15 minutes to put a phone charger and a glass of water by your bed before bed, <laughs> you start to, you start to rethink a few things when you can't, you know, carry a plate of food back to where you're sitting, you start to rethink, rethink yeah. a few. it's there. It's, it's, um, but it's, it's interesting because there's all these little funny things that come up in these types of situations where, you know, I've got people staying with me and I literally have to sit here and practice my specific directing skills because they can't find a fork in my kitchen. <laughs> and I can't, I can't rely on getting up and saying, oh, here, hey, here, and using gesture. I have to sit down and say, cabinet to your right two drawers down to the left of the weird coffee pot. You know, you have to like be so specific, but it's so interesting to me how, you know, 
and 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 look, I mean, everybody is different. For me, I am a person that I think because of what I do and the nature of what I've done for the last however many years, I don't have the luxury and or cannot afford to fall down into a hole of depression and sit there and because I've got nobody pulling me out but me. <laughs> so I, I, I it, it's it, there's like I can't afford I cannot afford not to force redirection. Um I'm glad you said that because you know for me the mental aspect of life has for better or worse mostly come easily. Um I'm an optimist. I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. I'm a, everything happens for a reason and it's going to work out for me because it's just going to. And I, I, I find you to be a, obviously a similar, similar mannerisms, but like when you're in this sort of like rut, right, where it's not going great, broke your fucking leg, you can't leave your house, you can't do work. How do you maintain that level of like optimism and positivity when, you know, for better or for worse, things are tough right now? Again, I think the answer to your question for me has been, uh, I've had to exercise, or, I mean, really, this is like what I do. I have to exercise an insane amount of patience. I have to take a step back. I have to take a couple of deep breaths because I'll get frustrated over any little thing. I mean, my fuse is short, let me tell you. It's, it's, it's short. And so the amount of patience that I have to have with myself to calm down, to continuously think clearly. Um, and it's hard because I'm used to having a certain type of energy where I do 500 things at once and mm. I'm able to, you know, get back to a bunch of, I, I'm, I'm able to go down my multitasking list of life and tackle it all in five minutes. Now my energy is totally shot. I can't, I'm, I'm like one track mind. I have to do literally one thing at a time. And there are times where I know I have to come up with the solution for rent, for bills, for the next job, for this, for that. And my mind goes blank mm -hmm. and I have, and so a big part of my practice to get through a lot of that stuff has been a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, a lot of breathing, a lot of breath work. Um, and I try to do, <clears throat> I have been working with my trainer actually to get some type of physical exercise. He's like, you broke your ankle. You didn't break the rest of your body. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so he's been working with me. Any type of physical release of endorphins I can do is really helping to stay, you know, stay clear, try to get good sleep. I, you know, it's hit or miss with me. I mean, there's nights where I sleep like a baby and nights where I'm up all night because I can't get comfortable. So mm -hmm. it, you know, I try to get as much rest as I can, but you know, people think that, you know, okay, well you're laid up. It's like, well, I'm laid up, but there's a lot that I'm, I'm, I got lucky. I'm in the middle of like five or no, let's see. So I have five, six, seven, seven projects I have on the table right now that are all in post-production. That's so, good timing. By the grace of God, oh yeah, the timing has been impeccable. By the grace of God, that's been set up so that I've had something to dive into. Um, this almost again, works out like perfect for you that like you know by the time you're mobile. <laughs> I, I literally, I I legitimately said that to my. Uh, I said that to my mom the other day. I said, you know, if this had to happen, this is like. God's perfect timing. I mean, I'm in the middle of post-production. I, it was right around my birthday. So I had all my friends decided to fly in for my birthday gift to come take care of me. Everybody, you know, everybody got it chipped in. It was great. But, um, it's, you know, there is no direct immediate 
solution. I take it a day at a time. I have to tackle each thing that has to get done one minute at a time. And I've really had to learn to ask for help and, and receive help. I think that was also the bigger lesson in the middle of all this for me was having to receive, allow myself to receive help. I'm used to being able to do anything and everything all on my own and taking care of myself on my own for a very long time and living alone for a very long time. So having to have people live with me and take care of me and literally do absolutely everything for me was, I mean, some people would probably get a kick out of that. For me, it was miserable in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because it, it's like this, it's like one minute I'm grateful and the next minute I feel guilty for, 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 for feeling annoyed about, you know, and thinking that they might not think that I'm grateful if I'm getting annoyed with this one thing because my independence is getting stripped in this moment because I can't shower by myself. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's right. Like shit like that. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's been really complicated, but I, it, it has been very complicated, but I have been able to work. I've been able to do all of my post-production. I've been able, I've been able to write treatments. I was able to direct a lyric video actually outside at, at my house. Oh, awesome. Um, we figured out a way to keep working. You just, you figure out a way to keep going. You just have to, it, it's forcing you to look down, look another way. You have to look another way when these things happen. And you know what, if you, it's like you're talking about with your writing and your blogging, if you, you know, if you weren't, sometimes if you're not forced to do it, you just won't discover those things. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's important. I think what I used to view as punishment, I now view as graces as a creative. Um, like meaning, that. you know, when things would fall apart, I would view it as, oh, the world's falling apart. Maybe this isn't the direction I'm supposed to be moving. There's so much against me now. I view it as a grace because it's forcing me to look another way. I'm gaining a new skill set because of it. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but within that discomfort, you're going to discover all kinds of other things that you weren't paying attention to prior. Totally. I think one of the important things that there are tough financial lessons to learn as a creative. Um, I think the number one commonality that I've found amongst other photographers, videographers, people is like financial literacy is not that high amongst creative people. Um, yeah, yeah. No real surprise there, right? People who are creative typically are not going to spend the time to learn accounting software and such. Um, but I think one of the things that like I can do and you can do and other people can do is like pre-plan for these sort of calamities to occur, right? So if you have to the ability to build a buffer for yourself from a financial perspective, i.e. a backlog for a couple months worth of rent and bills and have that financial mindset to be able to save yourself uh, down the road in these events where you're stuck, you can't work, whatever may happen, it can do a lot to de-stress yourself when you're in these situations and then be able to take those times where you don't have the ability to work as a reset, right? I think one of the lucky things for me is I've found another revenue stream for myself and I've also been fortunate enough to have a successful career outside of creativity. Um, so I've got a backlog for myself, but a lot of creative people don't have that backlog. Um, and that, that buffer to like really be able to not be living paycheck to paycheck. And I think if you can get yourself to a position where if you're a working creative and you're not saving money, at least two to three months worth of rent, two to three months worth of bills, that's like a, 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 a rainy day fund. You're really doing yourself a disservice. I mean, if 
I feel like I was just getting a lecture. I was like, oh, yeah, he's right. <laughs> I, I, I will say, <laughs> don't, <laughs> was what's in my head. Um, you know, you're 100% right, you know, and that was like, you know, if you've ever heard any dad on planet Earth, where does 10% of your paycheck go every week, <laughs> you know, and, and nobody does that shit, you know, I mean, some people are just really good at saving money and some people are just not, I am not, I will be honest, I've never been great at saving, I've never been great at budgeting, in fact, when all this happened, it actually forced me to create budgets and look at where I was spending and what, because all of a sudden it was like I was sitting on my ass and all this auto pay was getting ripped out of my account. I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not doing anything. I'm not moving around. Yeah. So where's all this going and why, you know, it makes you reassess everything. Mm -hmm. But I will say, you know, again, whether you are somebody that can or has a backup or has not, or now you're thinking about starting it because now you're listening to this conversation, <laughs> um, it, you know, it's budgeting yourself and knowing where you're at is always good. Awareness of financial is always really good. Like you said, financial literacy, it's really important to have that. Um, and furthermore, it's something you and I've talked about a lot, which is, you know, when you're building your career and you're advancing yourself, it's really important to establish worth. And when you know what you're spending and what you need to make to maintain your business, you can start charging accordingly to mm -hmm. your investment that you put in, your level of experience um, and expertise, and you know what you creatively bring to the table. And, and I think a lot of times creatives, I mean, I know so many that I've spoken low, way, 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 way lowball themselves mm -hmm. in that regard. Um, and mainly because they just don't know how to price themselves out. And again, it just goes back to that financial literacy. You have to know what you're spending, what you're building, having that awareness, seeing what you're putting in to know where you can establish that worth set for yourself to have it come back to you. Um, and more importantly, you know, that goes into those that you attract, you get rid of those that don't see your worth or your value and you make room for those that do. And sometimes starting with a total and complete clean slate, like I did when I made this move from New York to Nashville, from commercial photography only to directing mainly once I made that that lateral move, everything had to change. The way I priced myself out, the way I value, what I started putting into the business, what I had to put into the, my own business financially in order to set it up for success, um, more had to go out than come in at first. And mm -hmm. I sacrifice, you know, certain jobs in order to stay put so that I could develop relationships with certain people and allow them to get to know me. Um, and, allow that system to just build itself back up again. So I think whenever you are reinventing yourself or you are starting for the first time or you're just leveling up in general with your business, it's financial literacy, knowing what you're putting in, knowing what you're needing to 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 bring home will help you establish what your worth is. Um, having backup plans for yourself is good to implement. Um, but, you know, sometimes... You could have all the backup plans in the world and everything else fails. And when that happens, then what do you do? Yeah. And that, and that's to me where, and this is just the, the rule I live by and have lived by my whole year, my whole life, which is, um, a St. Ignatius quote that my dad always says, work like it all depends on you. Pray like it all depends on God, because at some point you have to just surrender. 
And that's the secret of a creative freelance, everything else. You can't, there's only so much you can prepare for. There's only so much doom and gloom you can prepare for. And you then have to have all the faith and all the ability and the strength within yourself to go, okay, redirection, rejection is redirection. How am I getting, where am I supposed to be looking here? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if, and then you kind of, you just, at some point you got to throw your hands up and go, okay, man, let's see how this goes. I like that mindset because, you know, as someone who's extremely early in their career, right? Like I'm barely two years into this. And I would say like really full-time, like a year, right? Like it's like barely a year that I'm like really doing this and focusing solely on this redirection. uh, Excuse me. Rejection is redirection because I've been able to, with the aid of your mentorship, been able to cognitively go about my career in a way that I know is going to benefit me down the road, right? You were very vocal in cutting out, like I was, I was a big proponent of, I'm going to do a couple of these for free, right? Like I'm going to give myself away because I know long-term this will be a benefit. And I think a lot of creatives get, get into that sort of mindset that like, oh, I'll do this because I can do it. And I know I'll get it back later, but you were like very adamant that that is the wrong mindset to have when you're trying to build a career. Because if you, if I don't value myself, how is someone else going to value my work and pay me an appropriate amount for the job that I'm doing for them? Exactly right. And I think that's, you know, the biggest misstep. Um, So like uh, the rejection is reassessment kind of mentality because you know, for me, who's only a year into this journey, I get rejected a lot. And it's yeah. like very, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a doubtful person. I'm not a person who looks at like the thing that I'm doing and like, I can't do this, right? That's not the way I'm wired. But plenty of people look at themselves when they keep getting told no, and they think, okay, well, I shouldn't be doing this. I, you know, I, what am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The mentality I think that's been around for way too long uh, that creatives had just kind of fallen into this pattern. I certainly remember it when I was in school um, and developing this craft and learning from working professionals, which was, you know, you had to pay your dues, man. You scrubbed the floors. You were the third assistant before you could be the first assistant. You, you know, you you clean the toilets, you scrub the floors, you did all the grunt work and the bitch work and you got the coffees and you, you know, cleaned up after everybody and you know you got lucky if you could even touch any part of the creative on set you you know you were there was the mentality of you know you're the grunt you shut up you listen you work for free until I deem you worthy to get paid Mm -hmm. and and I do believe in paying your dues and Mm -hmm. I do believe learning and experience and I but what I don't what I don't agree with is not establishing any worth of any kind. Mm-hmm. And that's where the soul crushing comes in <laughs> to where it actually does such a disservice to young creatives when they actually start working in the professional world because they don't value themselves. Mm-hmm. And and there's no established lo- where's the line, you know, of how you establish that. So for me, I was raised in the school of of, of photographers that I learned from the soul crushing, you know, it was like, but I, but I got lucky with a couple of mentors that were 1000% willing to educate me. If I misstepped, if I did something wrong, they explained why, um, they didn't kick me out and say, you suck. They, you know, <laughs> they explained something to me. And, 
Um, so I did get lucky, but there were tons of people that I worked with and I had to do all, all, all the things, all the grunt work, all the, all the soul crushing, you know, you do suck, uh, <laughs> energy that I had to be around. Um, and, but it did teach me resilience. It was character building in a lot of ways. Um, there was a hierarchy and a respect level of, you know, that I feel like does not really, it's gotten quite watered down, I think in that regard, whereas we don't have a ton of respect for level of experience because everybody and that's that's where i think that piece is missing although that's an extreme piece (laughs) i think we could find a little balance to incorporate both in my opinion um because i don't think people should work for nothing but i also think people need to uh you know there there has to be a learning curve Mm -hmm. at some point but when it comes to actually working when you have your knowledge, you're building your creative, you're building your business and you're giving your stuff away because people expect it from the, from the position of, well, my name, you're welcome for using my name. So go ahead. And you know, that's, that's, that should be payment enough for you. To me, that is a very incorrect and disrespectful mentality. Um, yeah, I think it's an, I, I, I really, I really believe so. I think we need to value our creatives more I, like I always say, um, you know, we are in the service industry. As creatives, we are in the service in- industry. Um, we are providing a service. We are experts in our field. We have labor costs, we have creative costs, and we have equipment costs. All the things that we have done to educate ourselves in a field that you know nothing about, and it's a service that you require for your needs, why is it that we're basically paying you for it? That didn't mm. make any sense. I, uh, my favorite line that I've, uh, stolen from someone is I can't pay my rent in your Instagram followers, right? Like, <laughs> yep. I'm super glad you've got, now listen, there are exceptions to that rule, right? If Will Smith hit me in the DMs and was like, Hey, I want you to take my photograph. Probably not going to charge Will Smith, right? That would be, <laughs> uh, uh, there are levels to this game, right? But like, well, for, yeah. Yeah. Here's where I here's where I disagree. Yeah, the catch twenty two of like he could afford to fucking pay me, right? Yeah, right. Here's what I there is a level of respect that I think you need to establish yourself at at any at any rate. I'm not saying you know you can't charge what Mario Testino is charging, but you you value your, yourself mm-hmm. and not a frit because the thing is with those of high station and influence. There's a lot that comes for free at that level because you get to advance based on their presence, their name, whatever. Now, there are moments where that is true. There are moments where you got to pick and choose your battles on that one. Um, and it depends. You know, if it's somebody of high station and influence that says to you, hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to help you. I'm going to put you on the map. I'm going to pass you along to a couple of my buddies. Yeah, throw, throw them a bone, man. It's never chase the money. Yeah. Always build the relationships and develop the loyalty. However, there is a level of protecting yourself. There is a balance so that you're not consistently taken advantage of because again, you know, rule is you don't value you. They won't value you. Yeah. And you have to find that balance. But I think it can be very tricky, especially when young creatives are building their business and they get an opportunity mm-hmm. to work with one of high station and influence. All of a sudden they're like, I'll do anything for you, man, Yeah. because they think it's going to set them up. And it just, there's a bit of a false reality with that. There, there, there's a bit of a false reality. You really have to be honest with 
what the job is that you're doing. How connected are you to that person? You know, are you a run and gun hire at an event and you happen to have those pictures in your book to help sell you that you can withstand being around a celebrity? Do you have a connect relationship with them? Is that something that can help you get other work somehow, somewhere, some way? I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's you kind of people also have to get really honest with what those experiences are when they make those calls. But I am a firm believer all across the board, bottom line, pay your creatives, pay your creatives, pay them for the service they provide. They're in the service industry. They're there to do you a service, respect them at that level. Um, and creatives have to remember that we've got businesses to run. We have a very expensive gear. We have to maintain and upkeep and repair um, in order to do these jobs. We have serious labor and equipment that is required for the jobs that we do. And that requires respect. And we have, we've got bills to pay like everybody else. We should not be cutting corners. Um, are there, are there any other, are there exceptions to the rule? Um, and what I mean is, so I think with like proper financial planning, you can work yourself into a position where if you know your your expenses and you know what you need to do to break even and make profit on a yearly basis, you can get super granular in terms of like what you need to make on a weekly basis to be able to live, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, are there exceptions to the rule, right? Like in 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 what you're saying, station okay. I mean, look, it's all of this is really up for debate. All of all, all, I mean, all of it's an exception. It just depends on how you want to run your business. Me personally, I think, like you say, you need to develop. It's good to have awareness as to um, as to what it is, what it takes to run your business and to keep your lights on. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest about those things with yourself. However, what you choose to sacrifice, it, that's up to you. I mean, to me, no one can tell you how and when to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think for me, there is no blanket anything across the board. I'm speaking on my own personal experiences. However, I've done tons of things that go against what just came out of my mouth in this sense, <laughs> you know, because it, it, it's all by circumstance, yeah. you know, and I've made tons of sacrifices, even in this move, even in the, in, even in the r- recent past, making my move from New York to Nashville to focus on directing, there were tons of sacrifices that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, more money I had to put in than I was, that, than, than I was getting back. Um, but that's because I you see the long term payoff, right? I needed, I, yeah. I mean, there are certain sacrifices you are, I mean, look, you gotta be aware of, of, of what's happening, but you have to take great sacrifice and great risk to see the big picture, to continue to build. And nobody can teach you how to do that. There's no roadmap. So sorry. There's just not. And each person is different. Each person's going to go about that a different way mm. um, on what you feel your connected purpose is. You know, I, for me, it's, shooting for the moon with this directing thing and and I'm going film I'm going big that's what I want to do for somebody it could be just to maintain steady income and they're happy taking you know portraits all day long for somebody else it could be you know they you know they only want to do it part-time because they've got this other thing they want to be doing it's it looks different for everybody therefore the sacrifices that will be made are going to be are, are going to be scaled differently I would um, love I would love to know you know, I know we talked about this, you know, probably one or two episodes ago, but I would love to know a little bit about 
what went through your mind when you started making the the decision to move to Nashville to pursue directing? Because you had a very, very, very well-established photography career. You've been doing it for 10 plus years, 15 years, whatever the time period was. And you were crushing it, right? You're doing everything you could want and, and more. And you took a big, big risk to chase this other dream that you had. What was going through your mind when you sort of made this, this shift? Um, that I didn't have a choice, that that was really where my purpose was going in that direction. From a big picture standpoint, I know who I am creatively. I know what my abilities are. As I built a successful career as a commercial photographer, I realized that that world playing in that pool was never going to be big enough for me. Mm -hmm. And there was a I was dissatisfied with um, towards the end part of that. I felt myself clamming up. Um, my creative wasn't expanding in the same way. I wasn't being challenged the same way. Uh, therefore, what was going through my head was a huge change risk needs to happen. It needs to happen now um, because this is survival. This is life or death for me personally. Um, again, we're all at different ranges and different levels. For me, this is life or death. I don't have an option to do anything else because this is what I was built and made for. That's not the case for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, that's just the case for me. There's no, there's, I don't have plan BC if this thing falls through. This is a one time deal. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? Uh, you know, I love that because I can relate to that tremendously because I'd spent my entire working life chasing things like dollars and chasing things that like I thought were going to make me happy. And it wasn't until I had that reset moment during the pandemic when I lost my job where I could like look internally and be like, dude, what the fuck do you want out of your life? And it's so easy for people to just go about life in motions, right? So, so very easy for you to fucking punch the clock, go through your day, pay your bills have fun, do whatever, but never like really check in on yourself and see what's important. Like for you, when you said like this creative life is life or death for you, I feel that like I can't possibly imagine my life being any different than it is now because I took the risk two years ago to get to this point. Like I, I now know the thing that I'm supposed to be doing with my life. That is the most freeing feeling I've ever experienced in my entire life. I wish more people, I wish every person on earth could experience that sort of cognitive recognition that like when you you get when you figure out the thing you're supposed to be doing with your life i fucking love that i do too and i and and the fact is a lot of people move through the world unaware um because looking inward is terrifying um mm -hmm. but you know, people are born with options to do that and and the abilities to do that and some people are not um i for me i was lucky enough to know what i knew i was very locked in to who I was and what I wanted and who I knew I was at a very, 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 very young age. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking like four or five years old. I, I was, there was a, there was knowing, um, at a very, very young age. Um, and that's been, you know, a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, it's, it's because this, even though I've known it, it's constantly evolved. And I was getting to the point where I was getting cozy and comfortable and, and, you know, and I had accomplished these things and people knew me for these things. Um, but I, I, I was getting, I, I felt myself getting cozy. And that's when I was like, 
nope, you got to rip it out from under you. And this is because that's the only way to push to the forward extreme. And within even making the decision, there were miraculous things that happened out of my control or out of my setup that aided that move. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, you, I mean, it's, it's crapshoot. It's a risk either (laughs) way, but every time I've taken those risks in my life based on my own instinct of going, Nope, now's the time. Now's the time you, you know, it's red wire, blue wire, which one are you going (laughs) to, and I have, (laughs) and I have the instinct to know, you know, which wire to pull and when, and, and I, I've, that instinct has sharpened over the years because I've had to do it so many times and Mm -hmm. fail. Um, and then do it so many times and win. Um, and, and, and it's trust, it's blind faith and trust. And I just have to believe that, you know, something greater is guiding the ship for me. And I've tried to do my very best to stay aligned with purpose and hope for the best, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I, I feel that because I, I am one of those believers of like, there is a serendipitous nature of life, right? There is there's a path, there's a plan and like things will come and go as they're meant to. Right. But like if you build the capacity within your own framework of your life to accept good things coming to you, right. Manifest these dreams, manifest these goals, manifest everything that you could ever hope for and dream in your life. It can happen. It's never going to be overnight, but like, I'm like living proof that you can build a life for yourself that is outside of something you could have ever imagined a year earlier, two years earlier, five years earlier, 10 years earlier. I wasn't lucky enough to know at four years old that I wanted to be a photographer, but I'm a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason. Everything in my life led me to this point and everything in my life now will lead me to some other predetermined point in my life, right? I think that's what's beautiful about life in general. You can create the thing that you want most in this world for yourself. Beautifully said. Um, I think it's, you know, and to bring our conversation full circle, it's like, you know, whether you break your leg or you get sick or, you know, something, something stops you dead in, dead in your tracks. Uh, you know, my trainer said something to me the other day that was so on point. Cause I called him, I, you know, the one thing I was really bummed about when I broke my ankle was boxing because I started, I was, I was working with this trainer a lot with it and I was getting really good and I was getting really excited. My footwork was getting better. And so when this happened, I was like, no, so I called him all upset and, uh, I said, oh man, God, I can't believe this man. I mean, I really thought I was feeling so strong. I mean, I hadn't been this strong in a while. Like I was really feeling strong and good and my body shape was changing and, and things were just, I, it was just like, I was seeing this new person kind of peek through the clouds i was like whoa that's cool man this is great <laughs> and, and then it was like no you gotta just dead stop and so i called him all upset and i went oh man this is so frustrating and he said can i tell you something he goes you are going to come back in stronger than probably when you began or when you felt you were at your strongest mainly because we never ever ever allow ourselves to completely and utterly stop down we never press the extreme, you know, eject, stop everything you're doing button. We never do that. We, there's never full recovery and rest that ever occurs. And so when you completely stop, you will come back stronger. It's counterintuitive, right? And I always, 
my dad always says that to me though, you know, he's always like, you know, counter counterintuitive move creates the most successful outcome at the end of the day. And, and it does. And you, you know, it's, it is within my instinct to want to get up and jump up and run when I need to go make money or build my career or whatever. And yet the way to do that is to sit down and shut up. (laughs) That's, that's uncomfortable (laughs) because you want to self-manage in that moment. But Mm -hmm. now, got something greater going, nah, I'm doing this my way, not your way. And you can do one of two things. You can either lean into that and be open to it and, and try to learn from it, or you can be miserable and fight it the whole time. Yeah. And it's the other. I mean, and I think we all saw that. We all saw what side we were all on during the pandemic. I mean, when everybody had to come to a complete and dead halt, you know, you saw, you know, you saw two two versions of people, those that used it as an opportunity to build and propel forward and those that that fought against it the entire time and didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was. Other. And and I think we're seeing a huge divide. But it, but again, it's like whether it's a global reset or a personal reset, we never fully dead stop because it's against it goes against our nature. We think that if that train completely stops, we're screwed. Yeah. And the reality. You're not. In fact, if you do stop, you will probably go back into the game a hell of a lot stronger, better, smarter, faster, quicker than when you got out. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's not always the case. But I mean, in this case, I don't really have another option to think any other way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's an important context because at the end of the day, like the fear of failure is probably the biggest demotivator on earth, right? So many people are afraid to try because they're afraid to fail. And if there was a a way to normalize failure and normalize growth from failure, I think people could be extremely, extremely uh, appreciative of what you can take from a loss. And I think at, at the end of the day, if you can take risks and know that you're going to be successful, even if you fail 100 times on that 101st try, you could get your hopes and dreams to come true, like anything is possible. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm big, I'm, I'm living proof of that. Like I, I've failed a million times in my life, but I'm still here. I'm still grinding. I'm still chasing dreams. I'm still making new dreams for myself. And I think that like that there's something to be said about being resilient to the fact that life is ups and downs, right? There's good days and bad days, highs and lows. It's about mitigating and getting to the point in your life where you can be content in your own skin and happy and just be, be positive. And I'm thankful to have met people along this journey like you, um, who've been such a tremendous impact on me, not just professionally, but personally as well. Um, and you know, obviously this is episode number three with you and there'll be probably fucking 20 more. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just love having these conversations with you. I think what we touched upon today was crucially important, um, to, to get creatives to kind of understand about how they can budget their time, budget their lives, um, and also like make goals and dreams for themselves and, and go with their gut and be able to sort of develop a pattern and a path that works for them. Um, so thanks. Thanks for coming on again, Taylor. You're my favorite human being on earth. I love you very much. And I'm so appreciative of you and your friendship. Thank you. That was wow. So nice. So beautifully said. Uh, no, thank you very much. I really appreciated this conversation. I think, you know, um, it's really important for people to remember that no matter what gets thrown at you, 
it's it's not a punishment it is a redirection and there are there's going to be so many moments that you can't control um but it's really important to stay connected to stay aligned and connected with purpose as best you can have faith in something bigger than yourself and try to use every opportunity even the worst of them to uh create something within that for yourself um even if it's more internally than externally so this is a good good important conversation i'm thank you for having me my pleasure <laughs>